if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed. And hour number two is underway now at nine minutes past 10 o'clock on this Monday morning, the 26th morning of the month of November in the year of our Lord 2018. I uh, greet you once again uh, with hopes that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving and a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend. A great time with your family. Didn't fight too much about politics over the turkey. And that you enjoyed a whole lot of great football. How about that, huh? The, uh, the Buckeyes putting one on Michigan, hanging 62 on that team up north. And then yesterday, <laughs> Baker Mayfield and, uh, uh, who else? Demarius Randall and others, uh, really sticking it to Hugh Jackson, who went down to coach with the Bengals after he was fired by the Browns. Did not sit well with a lot of those guys. Uh, just so quickly for him to just go ahead and join a, a, a confer, I mean, a division opponent in such a, a quick turnaround. And, uh, yeah, they laid one on him yesterday, too. So the Browns had a great weekend. The Buckeyes had a great, week, great weekend. And I hope you did as well. You know who did not have a great weekend? American Border Patrol. Uh, they did not have uh, a great weekend. Why? Because they were attacked. They were attacked by invaders, not by innocent migrants just looking for a better life. Invaders. How else can you describe this if not trying to rush 500 strong, rush border agents, throwing rocks, putting them on their heels, and then trying to slip through a hole in a border protection fence? How, what else can you call that if you do not call this an invasion? Hundreds, specifically about 500 migrants, uh, as we know, mostly from Central America, really rushed the port of entry, trying to make it into the U.S., but that clearly did not happen. We're also told by CBP uh, that things got violent. Things really took a turn for the worse. In fact, a lot of these migrants were throwing rocks at border agents. We know some of those agents, in fact, got hit by those rocks. Those agents then had to use pepper ball guns also tear gas just to really calm the crowd down just to calm the crowd down but to listen to the left the american border patrol agents are using chemical weapons on innocent people including children all oh, humanity american law enforcement uses tear gas to disperse unruly mobs inside of our own cities all the time what makes you, th- you think we can't use it on the other side of the border As invaders attempt to break our laws and break into our country, 
It's okay to use that on street mobs, but not on uh, invaders coming from foreign countries? I mean, to listen to the way they paint this, the Americans are the bad guys. How come we have these borders up there? Let these people in. Don't you realize what you're doing? You're hurting these people. Uh, you are, you are uh, 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 not American. You don't believe in what the Statue of Liberty stands for. You don't believe we welcome uh, the tired, the poor, the huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Uh, this, this has got to stop. I deserve protection. Why? I'm an American citizen. My children deserve protection. The protection that comes with a sovereign nation that honors and respects laws and is protected by a military and is protected by our borders. We deserve protection. You and your children deserve protection. No one should be allowed to invade our sovereign nation any more than they should be allowed to invade your home, your property. Break into your home and say, we need a better life than the one that we had over there. We're coming in. Would you allow it? No, you would not. Why do the the American left, why do progressives, why do Democrats in Washington, why do the mainstream media... Why do they think the United States as a, as a nation should allow it? Ken in LaGrange Township writes, Good morning, Bob. Why didn't this caravan turn south into South America? From what I've read, South America is one big garbage dump, words synonymous with Trump's. On another short note, how many of us would give big money to watch Ocasio-Cortez, Maxine Waters, and Sheila Jackson-Lee compete on Jeopardy? That's Thanks much, uh, Ken in LaGrange. Yeah, that would be funny. That would be hilarious. They'd be the first uh, first show ever where three individuals all had negative dollar scores. All right, let's go to the phones, and we'll talk to Arthur, who's been waiting patiently in Kent. Arthur, thank you for that uh, patience. You're on the air. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. I hope that uh, when Claire Lopez gets a chance to uh, speak with you, that uh, she'll have something further to say about U.S. ports where shipping containers can contain very nasty surprises if they're under foreign management. I'm thinking of the port of Canaveral in Florida, the port of Wilmington in Delaware. Maybe Ms. Lopez will know something about Pacific Coast ports, too. Well, you know what? That's a really good question, and I'm glad you brought her up, Arthur, because, yes, Claire Lopez is going to be joining me at the bottom of this hour in about 20 minutes or so. We're going to talk to Claire Lopez. Claire, of course, is a uh, is with the Center for Security Policy, and she is the guest speaker tonight at tonight's next Act for America meeting uh, with the Act uh, Cleveland chapter, and I'll tell you all about that visit tonight. But she has got a very important conversation that she's going to have with people at the event tonight in Brexville, and I look forward to getting a preview of that with her at about uh, 10.35. And yes, I'll ask her about ports and about the terror part of this. Because that's, you know, everybody thinks about, oh, these people are just all from Honduras and El Salvador, Guatemala, and they're all, um, you know, uh, streaming forward, streaming northward, rather, to come into the United States for, for jobs. And, and that is the vast majority of them, I have no doubt. But infiltrated with them are, indeed, terrorists, gang members, drug runners. As the president said way back in 2015, Murderers, rapists, child and human smugglers, 
and more sex traffickers and more there there this is not just some benign group of individuals all wanting to come and work in your lettuce fields that's not what this is yes there are migrant farm workers and when they apply to come here legally we welcome them yes there are people who want to come and work in factories or work in and and whatever jobs they can find and when they come here legally we welcome them but that is not what this entire mass is made up of and again reporters embedded with uh, these, uh, this caravan down there that has been steamrolling toward the United States through Mexico. They have acknowledged as much. They have talked to these people. And they've said, yeah, we're coming here to take jobs. And others, the ones who say that they're here to take jobs, uh, uh, say that there are others among us who are here to do really bad things. And they're not going to rat them out as to who they are because they don't want to get killed. It's a very dangerous thing. Let's go to uh, TJ in Cleveland. Go ahead, TJ. Yeah, you know, Bob, I listened to this libtard there in, in, in Hawaii and these, these ones at Channel 5, and they're taking a gas that we use pepper spray, on, pepper spray on children. These are the same people that have no problem with taking a turkey baster-like object and sucking the brain out of an innocent baby in a late-term abortion. They got no problem with that. And, you know, like these people at Channel 5, what if a mob showed up on their property with children in the front line? And throwing rocks at their employees, how would they want that handled? Yeah, they would call the police. They would call the the police and say, "Get them out of here! Get them out of here!" And how would the police get them out of here? Probably with tear gas. That is exactly what they use to disperse mobs and hordes that are attacking and committing violence and looting and robbing and this and that. That's exactly what they would do. Yeah, I, 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 I'll tell you, Bob. It's just the hypocrisy on this left that. You know, you think you're going to be surprised, and 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 you've heard everything, but there's always new stuff coming from them. No, uh, well, yeah, you're right. And and by the way, your 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 point about abortion is is well taken. While they sit here, these uh, the people on the far left talking about, oh my gosh, think of the children that are being impacted by this tear gas and this pepper spray uh, as uh, as it is sprayed from the uh, American side of the border, and those kids are over there. Yeah, well, you're the same people that didn't want them to become kids anyway. You're the same people who wanted them uh, dismembered in the womb. So we we really don't want to hear your uh, your your fo- phony crocodile tears of concern for children. Gary in Olmstead Township, you're next. Hi, Gary. Go ahead. Hey, Bob. Uh, just out of curiosity, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. I've not heard any discussion since uh, you and I last talked uh, regarding the use of uh, uh, of ePay funds. Uh, by creating an e-pay system down there on a border to construct the border wall. No, I have not heard anything. I have not heard anything new on it either. Quite frankly, I don't think I don't even think it's a topic of discussion in Washington D.C. I don't I don't I don't think it's a uh, uh, it's something anybody is even considering. Because the bottom line is, as I said to Jim Jordan, and he as he confirmed, Gary, not only are the Democrats all opposed to this, so they're not interested in finding a way to pay for it because they don't want it to exist. They don't want a wall to exist, whether it was free or not, okay? And the sad truth is, as I said to Jim Jordan, neither do a lot of the Republicans. A lot of the president's own party is not committed to building the wall that got him elected. You know, that law, that wall, it, its existence is just so very toxic to the left, and it's toxic to those in the establishment Republican Party as well. They don't yeah, want a big border wall there, so they're not going to look for ways to fund it. They don't think it should exist. Hell, if they wanted it, they would have found the funding for it anyway. We've all pointed out very clearly 
that it, it's costing around $100 billion a year. And all of that is itemized. That's not just a number that somebody threw out there. It's itemized by groups like FAIR. Uh, talking about the cost of illegal immigration in this country annually, and the entirety of the border wall is estimated at $25 billion. It would be worth Bob, our money just to put it in the budget, but they don't want it. Somebody's not smelling the steak here, Bob. The point is, you don't need to have Congress fund this wall. The president can... You're not listening, right? Gary. You're not listening, Gary. It, it's not about funding it. I said it before. If it was free, they still don't want it. Do you see what I'm saying? Let's suppose your ta- your point about this this uh, 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 tax to come back in across the border uh, it was implemented. Oh, they don't want the wall. That's why they're not looking for a way to fund it. They're not looking at your idea. They're not looking at budget idea. They don't want the wall. The left doesn't want the wall, and sadly, too many Republicans don't want the wall, which is why we haven't gotten it passed in the in, in the two years President that Trump's Trump been in office. Does President Trump want the wall? He can't do it by himself. He can do it by signing an executive order. No, he cannot. He's not going to sign an executive order saying tax everybody who travels from one side to the other of the border uh, the way you're talking about. I think you're overly fixated on this thing. It's a non-starter in D.C. It's a non-starter. And I'm sorry about that. I really am. But it's a non-starter. Let's embrace the reality here. If that idea had any legs at all, it would have been floated to to Congress a few different times. It's a non-starter. And the main reason it's a non-starter is they don't want a wall. Trump wants the wall, Jordan wants the wall, and maybe a handful of other staunch conservatives, maybe the Freedom Caucus, wants the wall. The rest of the ridiculous rhinos in in Congress want nothing to do with it. They don't want to pay for it. And they don't want to not pay for it. They just don't want it to exist. And that's why the left is winning. And that's why the Democrats are going to win elections into in perpetuity. Going forward in time until you, you can't even fathom it anymore. Because they're going to not have the wall. We're going to continue to have an invasion of thousands and millions of people into this country in the coming years. And eventually the Democrats are going to get enough people to get them voting rights. And then they're all going to continue to vote for Democrats again in perpetuity. It is just the reality of the situation. The Republicans do not want the wall, most of them anyway, outside of, like I said, the Freedom Caucus. Most of them don't want the wall any more than the left wants the wall. And that's because they're stupid. It's because they're cutting off their own you know, nose despite their faces. They don't understand By not having this wall, they are hurting themselves. They're hurting their party, and that hurts their country. And that's just sad. But that's they they are not in line with the president on this. And the president cannot just executive order a tax like that in place. 1022, right back after this. Yeah, here's uh, <clears throat> here's another one. This one also uh, shared with me by tw- or on Twitter by uh, a friend. Uh, it's the Washington Post tweeting a picture of presumably a mother and her barefoot or thong clad, you know the the flip flop thongs, not uh, but the flip flops. Her barefoot and thong and diaper-clad children 
running away uh, as the crowd is dispersed with tear gas outside of the San Ysidro border crossing. And the Washington Post tweet is, quote, These children are barefoot, in diapers, choking on tear gas. Then there's a link to the story, which begins, Images of migrant children being tear gassed at the San Ysidro border crossing provoke outrage. Well, you you do have to consider something, Washington Post, you pathetic wretches of human beings. You do have to ask yourself a question, Washington Post. You you pathetic, phony journalists. Ask yourself this question. Who dragged barefoot, diaper-clad children to their rock assault? on the protectors of a sovereign nation? Who dragged their half-naked, barefoot kids to their crime? Who dragged these kids into a place where there would be rocks thrown at Border Patrol agents and Border Patrol agents defending themselves? In other words, who's responsible for their barefoot, diaper-clad kids choking on tear gas right now? It isn't the Americans. It isn't Border Patrol. It isn't Donald Trump. The only people responsible for their kids choking on tear gas as they run around in diapers and bare feet outside of a a border of a foreign country are the ones who are trying to illegally invade it. If you don't want to breathe in tear gas, don't go to assaults on sovereign nations. And if you don't want your children to breathe in tear gas, don't bring them with you when you attend your rock-throwing party. Turn them around. Not welcome. Go home. You're not coming in. That's the way that it is. Claire Lopez joins me next, right here on AM 1420, The End. Progressive Democrats, please be aware, you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. It is indeed. It is 1035. Thanks so much for joining us as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. I count 25 minutes of outstanding awesome left for you before we turn it over to Mike Gallagher at 11 o'clock. Then, of course, Prager and Medved and Seculo and Elder, Elder, and I'll stop right there. Uh, coming up, three days... No, what am I saying? I'm reading from uh, a rep- from a uh, an advance notice three days ago. It's tonight, of course, coming up tonight. As I mentioned in the first hour of the program, a national security briefing at a new location for Act for America in Cleveland. They're going to be live tonight in person. This is not a webinar at the Brecksville Community Center, one community drive, obviously in Brecksville, at seven o'clock for a national security briefing with the Vice President for Research and Analysis at the Center for Security Policy. Of course, I speak of Claire Lopez, who joins us now for a preview of what we're going to get tonight uh, in Brexville. Claire, always good to talk to you. How are you? How are you this Hi, morning? Hi, good morning, Bob. Very glad to be with you. Did you have a nice uh, Thanksgiving weekend, Claire? Yes, very nice. Very nice with family here in the area, and uh, I hope you did too. 
Uh, I did as well, and uh, and I thank you so much for that. Claire, there's a lot of news to get to, and I know that you have a, a very specific outline uh, of what, you, uh, you know, what you're going to present tonight, but I want to ask you something that may be a little bit uh, off the grid, uh, or out, at least outside of your, your plans for this evening. Somebody called me and said, can you, can I ask Claire, they asked me to ask Claire about, um, the security and the sovereignty of the nation and our protection against terrorism. Uh, and, and we'll speak to two different things. Number one, the caravan that we see down there, uh, in Tijuana, uh, outside of the border. They made a rush for the border yesterday, as you probably have heard. 500 or so, uh, decided to throw rocks at the border agents to get them on their heels as they tried to crash through a hole in the security fencing that is there. Um, first of all, the, the likelihood of terrorists, either from the Middle East or from wherever around the world, that are going to be included among these five to seven to eight thousand individuals. And then number two, uh, the caller said to ask Claire about, um, entry into the United States at our, at our, uh, ports of call, meaning, uh, our, our ocean ports, um, in containers, large containers, are, Individuals, meaning either terrorists or tools or other surprises uh, that perhaps we wouldn't nor ordinarily think of, um, able to be smuggled into this country at our various ports of call um, by seaway. Can you can you speak to the uh, protection steps that we have in place uh, and protocols we have in place to ensure those things are are met properly? Yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, the 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 writer, the caller's concerns are are very well placed. Um, obviously, many of us are thinking about these things these days. Um, let me go backwards and take the second question first. And okay. I, I have not heard um, of any numbers of, of, of individuals trying to smuggle themselves into the United States uh, via um, shipping container. I think simply because there are other ways uh, that are easier for them, uh, including what we're looking at right now um, mm-hmm. coming across the southern border are coming up against the southern border, I should say, um, and um, and also other kinds of um, illegal entry, um, you know, either either um, uh, coming on a visa, let's say, and overstaying the visa. That's one way that we get a lot of illegals in the country that that are uh, you know not here legally, um, and then and then of course this kind of you know cross border activity. Um, which I, I might note, we, we are looking very closely right now at the southern border, but I think it would be a good idea to look to the northern border um, in days to come. Um, given the policies of Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and his welcoming back into Canada of hundreds of Canadian jihadis that went off to fight uh, in Middle Eastern uh, battles uh, with Islamic State and other, other groups, have been allowed back in. So, um, much as, as, as we have long thought of our northern border as, as the quiet one um, with, with our uh, friend uh, and neighbor Canada, that could be about to change um, with the kind of immigration policies that Justin Trudeau has been permitting. But back to the southern border, um, this is a very serious situation. Um, I think the president is handling it very well. Uh, he has staffed the border with extra manpower, customs and border patrol. Um, also the U.S. military, also state governors have called out the National Guard, in addition to which there are many hundreds of private militia members, primarily, I think, as I understand it, defending private land, um, for example, ranches uh, that come right up against the border. 
Um, so, I mean, that, that that is all testament, in my mind, to the uh, the crying need for a very serious southern border barrier. Those can be of different kinds. They can be fencing in some places, actual walls in other places, um, technology throughout. Uh, but but an actual barrier across that southern border is is what we need. Would you? I completely agree. Would you? Um, would you agree that perhaps it's time for the United States government to consider? what President Trump has talked about, and that is cutting off all humanitarian aid whatsoever to nations such as Guatemala, El Salvador, uh, um, what else, Honduras and others uh, in Central America. Because from what some reporters have said who have been embedded with this caravan as they have made this journey, which has lasted weeks now, there are, are perhaps as many as 100 different nations represented in this caravan. They're not all Honduran, Guatemalan, and El Salvadoran. Um, if that's the case, that means there are there is little to no border security or um, uh, any security of any kind in those countries that would allow these people to come from other nations to gather there in order to start their journey northward to the United States. If they're yeah, not going to take it seriously themselves, uh, and also Mexico, of course, as well. That in uh, although there's I don't know there's some mixed signals I guess we're getting from Mexico about the seriousness seriousness uh, that they you know with which they hold this situation. But you know don't don't we have to demand that this gets stopped before it ever gets to our doorstep? I, I do think that we need to hold accountable these nation states um, of Central America and Mexico, too, that are permitting um, these, these border crashers, illegal border crashers, to, to assault our southern border. Um, I'm not sure I would, uh, you know, consider cutting off humanitarian aid, but certainly other kinds of, uh, of assistance that we might be providing. Um, and, and they need to, the governments of those countries, uh, we're talking primarily Central American countries of Honduras and uh, El Salvador, also perhaps some from Guatemala, um, and, uh, and as you say, uh, Bob, many, many other nationalities mixed in. Uh, we know from the president of Honduras, for example, um, that he, he knows that there are um, Middle Eastern um, terrorists, um, and and other uh, gang member types mixed in with this uh, illegal horde of border crashers, um, but you know the, we also have the reporting from from uh, many uh, investigative journalists like Sarah Carter who was down there um, some weeks ago. Uh, so was Chris Farrell down there uh, from Judicial Watch. Um, right. In, in in and among uh, the, these uh, these border crashers. And, uh, you know, their reporting was eyewitness. They saw the tattoos uh, denoting the, the gang membership of, 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 of and by the way, they, these are upwards of 90% men uh, in this horde. So, uh, you know, all these heartrending photographs of the two or three women and children that might be mixed in are intended to be uh, tremendously misleading. Exactly. That that is such a great point. I've been fighting with news agencies uh, all morning long about that. I've just been taking their tweets of pictures. You know, it's, it's, it's the Washington Post it just had this one uh, um, uh, earlier earlier this morning. A picture of one woman dragging her two children by the arms who were who were barefoot and and wearing diapers. And it says these are children barefoot diaper uh, oh, yeah, barefoot wearing diapers. Did you? And they're and they're choking on tear gas. As yeah, if yeah, to I mean, say I, this I, is what's going me. on everywhere. That's what. That's all that's over no. there on that in that I horde. Mean, what I, and I tweeted back this morning myself, um, Claire M. Lopez at Claire M. Lopez on Twitter. Anybody who'd like to follow, and I tweeted back, 
What kind of mother drags barefoot children into the midst of a mass violent assault against the U.S. border? And also, by the way, where exactly are these children's shoes? They did not walk a thousand miles from Central America in bare feet. So that is, there's a whole lot misleading about that photograph. This is, this is where I'm going to pep. At a minimum staged and perhaps photoshopped too. I'm going to uh, flatter myself here by saying great minds think alike because my tweet was almost word for word yours. I wrote, <laughs> well, who, I wrote, who dragged a bunch of barefoot diaper wearing children to their rock throwing border assault on a sovereign country? Uh, because the victims of rock attacks are allowed to defend themselves. And, and guess what? You know, if they have to defend themselves with tear gas or pepper spray or whatever, it's going to be your decision that, uh, you know, they got your children choking on this stuff, not theirs. So, uh, I completely agree. Claire, let's turn our attention to tonight because, um, we're talking about the Muslim Brotherhood. You and I have always talked about the Muslim Brotherhood uh, in the United States, uh, their their activities. We're talking, and in fact, boy, oh boy, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to do this to you again. Before I get to what your plan talk is tonight, I just thought of another thing I wanted to ask you. Okay. The, the president is being assailed for his decision not to um, impose sanctions or any other kind of retributive action upon Saudi Arabia for the CIA's determination that the crown prince there did order the uh, murder of uh, the journalist Khashoggi, or Khashoggi, however you want to pronounce that. Um, they're saying that he is essentially you know, giving Saudi, uh, Saudi Arabia a free pass on this. I, I, I've asked you this in the past, why... Every American administration, Republican and or Democrat, for decades have given Saudi Arabia a free pass for their human human rights atrocities that they have committed. Why do we stay in bed with Saudi Arabia? And and it's they're all that way. Every administration has been that way. So can you speak to the critics, the president's decision here, and the critics of the president on that front? Well, I, I would disagree with the characterization that we're in bed with Saudi Arabia. We're not. Um, the president um, has a broader view, uh, I think, of our Middle Eastern national security objectives and those of our allies in the region, most especially uh, Israel's. Um, and that broader perspective uh, has to do primarily right now um, with the urgent and critical national security imperative to counter Iran, uh, its nuclear weapons program, its aggressive geostrategic expansion program that includes um, the deployment of uh, Islamic terror proxies like Hezbollah and the Houthi rebels in Yemen. That is the overwhelming and urgent uh, need right now. But back to the Khashoggi affair. Yes. Um, obviously, uh, he was murdered uh, in a Saudi uh, diplomatic facility in Istanbul, Turkey, uh, back at the very beginning of October. Um but to my way of analysis, uh, I don't believe that the crown prince necessarily was involved in any way. That is Mohammed bin Salman, the son of the king. He is the crown prince. Powerful, uh, rising young leader of Saudi Arabia. Um, I have come to the conclusion after talking to many people very knowledgeable about Saudi Arabia that it is far more likely that rival princes who seek to oust MBS because of their, um, their unhappiness that he jumped over them, many of them senior to him in age and, and position and experience and everything else, uh, much more likely that rival princes 
committed that atrocity, the murder of uh, of Jamal Khashoggi in, in the uh, the uh, Saudi consulate in Istanbul, uh, with the intent not only to silence um, someone who um, had clearly, uh, in in their system, um, according to the way they would look at it, violated Islamic law. Um, with the things that he had written and spoken, uh, hurling accusations at the royal family and senior figures, accusations straight out of the Koran of corruption, um, which is a death penalty crime according to the Koran, verse 532, 533, uh, hurling uh, accusations um, uh, of, of extremism, another um, accusation straight out of the Koran. These are the kinds of accusations that Khashoggi, uh, we would, I mean, we may, we may very well say, well, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, but to them, these are Quranic um, death penalty accusations that he hurled at them. They, they in their minds, uh, number one, uh, would have looked at those accusations from that perspective. But number two, um, I think in my analysis, after looking at all of this, that their even larger overriding um, purpose in, all, in, in the murder, in the assassination, was uh, to frame MBS in preparation for what is to come an even more concerted effort to oust him uh, from the position of Crown Prince. Uh, and thirdly, with the intent, perhaps even, of driving a wedge uh, between the United States and Saudi Arabia at a very critical point in time when we need to be joining forces, we're not allies, we're not friends. We are partners with shared temporary, perhaps, interests at this point in time, again, as I said, to counter Iran. That is the overriding, number one, most important, urgent U.S. national security objective in the Middle East right now. Claire Lopez is our guest. She is the Vice President for uh, Research and Analysis at the Center for Security Policy. She is holding a national security briefing tonight uh, at the Act for America meeting. This is not a webinar. This is in person. It is, however, a private event. If you would like to attend, you need to email info at actcleveland.org. And I would like you to attend, by the way. Uh, it is remarkable to listen to Claire in person. I have done it a couple of different times. You will learn so much. Info at actcleveland.org. That's the email address to send uh, your request for uh, tickets to event uh, to attend the event. It's a $5 cost just to cover the uh, the price of the venue, and that is it. But uh, please plan on going. It's in Brexville now. It's a new location. It's the Brexville Community Center is where Act for America, Act Cleveland will be holding their meetings. Claire, can you give us something specific on what's on the agenda tonight? Well, I really thought what I would do tonight is, um, is uh, give a bit of a tour de horizon, if you will, um, of uh, the overall uh, global Islamic Jihad uh, movement uh, coming against the United States, specifically in the West. I'm going to talk about some specific ways um, that the uh, forces of the Islamic Jihad have infiltrated, targeted um, various sectors of U.S. society uh, for penetration, influence operations, and takedown. And then I'm going to, I, I promise I'll leave a whole bunch of time uh, for Q&A because I'm sure that folks will have lots of questions, just as your listeners uh, here have, Bob. 
Um, so I will just give a brief overview on that subject uh, rather broadly and then, and then let people ask uh, the questions that they'd like. Well, I'll tell you what, it's, it's always so informative to listen to your presentations, and I do love it when you allow people to ask, because there's so much ground to cover. I mean, truly there is. Between the Khashoggi situation that I just asked about, our relationship with Saudi Arabia, and, and the fact, by the way, that uh, Jamal Khashoggi was, was Muslim Brotherhood. And you're, you're obviously constantly following the movements of the, of the Muslim Brotherhood here uh, in the United States, and uh, you know the threat that they pose, what deals they are working on, what influence they have in American government, uh, and so so the fact that he was Muslim Brotherhood uh, is something that not a lot of the media reported uh, as it pertains uh, to pertain to his uh, gruesome murder. So I'm sure there are going to be a lot of people who have questions about that. You answered a lot of them for us right here. And that's a spectacular theory, by the way, that you talk about with the uh, uh, the battle uh, uh, within Saudi Arabia. So I know I know a lot of people are going to have a lot more questions for her and they're going to get great answers. Claire Lopez tonight, again, Act for America. If you want to attend to listen to Claire's talk and ask her questions, as she says, info you have to email info at actcleveland.org. Claire, it's wonderful to talk, talk to you as always. Thank you so much for the education you provide. Thank you, Bob. See you tonight. It is a pleasure. Thank you, Claire. That's Claire Lopez. She'll be in Brexville, uh, 7 o'clock. Doors open at 6 o'clock, but you have to be invited, essentially, and you can get that invitation by emailing info at actcleveland.org. It's 1053. We'll take a time out. Come right back. Uh, got time for maybe one or two phone calls on the other side. you got to dial now, though, at 216-901-0945. Back after this. Tell you what, I do feel really good having tweeted almost the exact same response to the Washington Post that the brilliant Claire Lopez did. She is, uh, she is honestly as brilliant as I claim. I, I, I got it. I got to tell you, you know, there's an old adage uh, in business that when you hire somebody that is smarter than you are, you prove to be smarter than they are. And, and and the reason is obvious. When you get people who know more than you do to do work for you, uh, it is being done at the highest level possible, higher than your own level could do it, because they're smarter than you are, and it proves that you're smarter than they are. I feel the same way when it comes to this radio program. I bring people on who are much smarter than I am because I I learn so much and I become, and I think the audience becomes more educated and aware as well. That's why when I talk about the brilliance of some of my guests and when I talk about the Peter Kersenows of this world, and there are very few obviously like him, uh, the Daniel Horowitzes, the um, Claire Lopez, it, it, these people are just brilliant and you really need to listen and you need to pay attention. I bring them uh, on as often as I can because like I said, it's it's... It, it, it helps the program and it helps my own knowledge base as well. She's just absolutely brilliant. But her tweet was terrific. Her tweet was absolutely terrific. And she asked a great question as they continue to find and hunt down these um, uh, one or two women and children that are actually in this horde of almost all men who are a part of this caravan. And they'll put photo, pho- or put, uh, uh, the photographers will take pictures of them and publish those as this is who the American border agents are assaulting. And the Washington Post photo as I mentioned before, said, these children are barefoot, they're wearing diapers, and they're choking on pepper spray or choking on tear gas. And uh, Claire Lopez wrote, what kind of mother drags barefoot children into the midst of a massive violent assault against the U.S. border? And also, does this look Photoshopped to anyone else? The answer is yes, it does. 
It really, really does. Because it's a great question that Claire asked. Where are her, where are those children's shoes? They didn't walk a thousand miles from Central America through Mexico to the U.S. border barefoot. Where are the kids' shoes? Where are the kids' pants? Why are they in diapers and, and being dragged around barefoot or maybe wearing flip-flops? It's because they are trying to create a false narrative, a false story. They're trying to get you to believe that the, the invaders on the other side of the border who are trying to cross are all innocent women and children looking for help. How could you turn away women and children in such dire straits? That's what they want you to believe this is, and it's not. And like I said, I felt really good when I, when I tweeted, when I knew I tweeted uh, something almost identical uh, to what Claire tweeted. And that is, who dragged these kids to their border assault and rock-throwing party? Who does that? Who drags their barefoot diaper-wearing kids to an assault where there is going to be pushback from the assaulted, from the victims? And these pathetic excuses for news organizations like the Washington Post, like Channel 5 here in WWS uh, tweeting this nonsense in Cleveland, like these um, uh, pathetic Democrat Congress members like uh, Senator Schatz and uh, Representative Eric Swalwell, all trying to paint this as the, the, the United States and the Border Patrol agents are the aggressors and that the innocent migrants are the victims. Enough of that nonsense. Thanks so much for being a part of the show. Thanks to Claire Lopez. Thanks to Jim Jordan. And thanks to you for listening. We'll see you tomorrow on the Bob France Authority. Enjoy the silence.